Hey everyone. Hello. Hello. Uh, it was an amazing episode, as per usual. Math's gonna tell you all about it. Math is to you. Welcome to Hello and Ado, where we talked about what is happening. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the Cubs because the Cubs we are about, about to break Cubs. a 108 year curse. We hope. We hope. We can only we hope. We're crossing all of our fingers and toes and intestine. I cannot cross half of those things, but I'm going to try. We also talked about some exciting casting news for the Han Solo movie. Donald Glover is Lando Calrissian, everyone. Uh, Here are our thoughts in this episode. We talked about (laughs) She's the Man, (laughs) Uh which was our bi-weekly viewing for our movie. So we go in-depth near the middle of the episode. Very in-depth. I've never seen it before. Uh, So that was exciting. John brought up a ton of gender roles conversation, and that was exciting. Yep. And we closed it out. That's what John does. You guys know it already. (laughs) Yeah. We closed it out with a really uh, all around discussion of time at the end. What does it mean? Why are we here? Am I more than the body sitting here doing this podcast? I also just want to mention we are going to give. A Walking Dead season premiere. Oh, that's true. Rundown. First reactions. Yes. So get excited. Yeah. Starring your favorite one in this probably. podcast, John. Yeah. That's me. What? Hey. <laughs> so as usual, you can hit us up on our email. And what's up? At Hello and Adu. That is our Twitter. Our email is Hello and Adu at gmail.com. H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-U at gmail.com. I already said Twitter. And you can always... Um, comment, subscribe, and rate. <laughs> there it is <laughs> on iTunes. Um, because that is how people find us, and that is how we. That's how we do I it. To- <laughs> that is how we do it. Enjoy the episodes, guys. John's done. Enjoy, <laughs> guys. I'm done. Walking Dead's on. Bye. Hello, John. How are you? Hi, Mathis. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. That was probably the most serene opening we've ever done. Serene? Yeah. Hello. It's like we're doing a meditation. Yeah, Um, it's all all warmy and fuzzy and ready. So you had a fun weekend. My weekend was boring, so you can just go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is some exciting things coming at the very end of your weekend, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. Oh, yes. I was oh, like, yeah. What? Yeah, I was like waiting for it. Like waiting <laughs> yeah. for the microwave ding to go off in your head. Yep. It tick, went. Tick, 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 ding. Uh, yeah, I had a really great weekend. I went camping this weekend. It was an endeavor that me and several friends have been trying to get off the ground for like two months now. It's really hard to coordinate a camping trip when you become an adult. Like for for a group of friends too. Like how do you get a bunch of people to be able to leave at the same time? of the week it's definitely more difficult you have to check your uh, planner you definitely got to check your planner john that uh-huh. is correct and your google calendar <laughs> um yeah so we went to joshua tree which is basically a national forest slash park that's about uh two and a half hours from la maybe a little less without uh some of the traffic that is this just 
vast, expansive desert filled with basically no vegetation except for like thousands of Joshua trees, just an abundant and amount of Joshua trees. They're without leaves, right? They're just, or do they, they have leaves? They have very long leaves, like like a palm tree sort of skinny you know how they're very skinny they have like very uh i guess a palm tree would be a good example because you know the leaves off the end the branches of palm trees yeah yeah so it's kind of like those are just uh layered up the up the trunk and also on the head of it but they're a lot um they're a lot softer than the, the palm tree ones did you pet them no but i could just see oh. them flowing in the wind they uh-huh. just, they look so. <laughs> you pet them. I didn't, I didn't touch Everyone's them. Everyone's thinking it. I don't believe you. I did not touch them. I swear. <laughs> I swear did. to me. <laughs> Whoa, Batman, you need to settle. Yeah, Batman, can you please leave? We're doing a podcast in here. Right? God. Get away, Batman. Get away, Batman. I, yeah, I didn't want to touch them because they're, they, they look so delicate and so <laughs> you just touch one and it just like crumbles exactly like, oh and some of them were like falling over sort of like in this bowing position and i was like i i do not want to touch these things do but they it, not need uh, a lot of water they must not Are they like cacti uh maybe 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 but it, it's just weird to like not even to see cacti or or brush or any other type of tree in this area you know like it's just a very interesting site it's basically joshua trees and then massive mountains like not not mountain mountains but like just boulders like piled into these huge piles and wow it's really interesting because they're just they're they're piled just perfect enough that they're climbable like you can climb up them oh but they're just hard enough like that it's a, a pretty good challenge to climb up them. But we we found one in the in the park and we climbed it for you know like a solid 2 hours and it was it was super fun. I don't know what it is oh. about climbing things, but climbing things is really fun. Is it? I've never had a great experience climbing things. You've never climbed on one of these things. You're right. I've never climbed on a boulder at Joshua Tree. I loved your Snapchat by the way. It was like uh, <laughs> you were just driving there, Joshua trees and, trees, and then you had like 18 just phrases of hi, Joshua. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, ongoing joke, we had, a, we had a Joshua in our group, and I kept telling him he wasn't going to make it out alive because all the Joshua trees were Josh's who had come to Joshua Tree and turned That's into That's exactly what Joshua I was going to say. It's a conspiracy. Trees. They're just like, come here. And they look While you're kind sleeping, of like they just people. like lure you out. Yeah, exactly. They look a little bit Wana like people. But so <laughs> several times I turned to him and I was like, live it Bye. up. You're not, yeah, you're not coming back with us. I just imagine people like running, like feeling it happening in their body. Like it's happening. And then they're just... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then they're a tree, you know, just forever, forever. Yeah, until you touch it and it crumbles. Yeah, wah, or like you wah. hit it with like an axe and it like you chop it and it falls down and you hear the screams of Josh, you know, like oh, as it falls. That's down. violent, <laughs> violent and disturbing, Mathis. <laughs> it's very disturbing, but I just couldn't stop laughing thinking about it. Just whack, whack, whack. Oh. Yes. My life. Yeah, exactly. 
It was. Well, it sounds fun. It, it was sounds a like lot a, of fun. An adventure, yeah. just say the least. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, we also, you know, we saw some really great stars on the campground. And, oh, you know, I love, I love stargazing, stars. so that was Me a too. lot of fun. Yeah, it's really good. You know, it's a really, it's a really. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. It's a very like. <laughs> I know you're like making fun of me, but I'm still trying to find the word. I know. <laughs> it's sort of it's it's kind of like a centering exercise. Yeah. And and it, I mean, everyone always says the whole perspective thing. Like I'm very much in the same vein of you know, like existence is is vast and huge and and larger than your own life or your own thoughts. But yeah, we'll come back to the camping thing at the end of the episode because it it definitely made me start thinking yeah. a lot about the conception of time and the need to get out of it. And that's great. Yeah, it was it was really powerful to be out there. But anyways, <laughs> the exciting thing that I was referring to earlier was that The Walking Dead season premiere. Oh yes. Is... Once again, I already forgot. <laughs> like... Your face, you're just like, uh, what? what? What are you talking about? The premiere is going to be like yeah, it's, probably a half hour after we wrap up this episode. Yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm very nervous. To be honest, I had to just push it out of my mind for six whole months because that's how long yeah. they've made us wait for the stupid reveal of who <laughs> dies. If you thought and about it too much, you'd just be frustrated all of the time. Exactly. And so I yeah. haven't thought about, honestly, I haven't even been that excited for it. But today oh. was like the first, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. But today was the first day where I was like, oh, I get to find out today. And I have a theory that I think it's going to be two people. I don't <gasps> think they're just going to do one. Oh, I think wow. they're going to do one not as a central character. And people are going to be like, they just killed him. And then they're going to whack the the real one. That would be crazy. That's my theory. Did you read this somewhere to make you think that that was going to happen? No. Nope. It just came into my sweet mind. Into your sweet little mind. My sweet, sweet mind. Well... Right now, we're gonna cut to future John <laughs> yep. reacting to the episode, and he's I gonna hope you guys basically are so excited. He's he's basically going to break it down emotionally for us. There won't be any spoilers, so don't worry. No. But he's gonna explain how he felt at the end of this episode, and you I guys know are that... gonna know immediately whether or not I was happy <laughs> based on tone, based on words. John, tell us tell us about the episode. We'll do. Thanks, John and Mathis from the past. Okay, so guys. This was an emotional roller coaster of an episode. And I said before, you're going to know by my tone whether or not it was a good episode. And guys, it was a good episode. And I am not going to toot my own horn. Actually, I might. But there were two deaths. Toot, toot, guys. Like, it was crazy because, like I mentioned, I figured they would kill one of the not-so-main characters... And then people would be like, what? We waited for this. And then a few minutes later, they're like, whack, whack. And one of the main characters died. Holla. And it was brutal. Like, there was eyes popping out. There was guts. There was brains. It was um a little intense, but I hate to say I enjoyed it way too much. <laughs> um, but the episode in and of itself was actually really, really good. It was very emotional. The actors really did an amazing job and. You know, it kind of piggybacks off of the season finale last season because it's a very emotional scene with them uh, meeting Negan for the first time and kind of just going through all these emotions. Um, and Negan as a character is amazing. 
Um, he really sets these characters up to make really, really terrible and um, impossible decisions. And it's just going to be, I think, a really crazy season with Negan. And that's about all I have to say about it. It was actually really good. And I'm kind of, I've been a hater on it. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to hate on it later in the season if it uh, turns out to be bad. But, you know, they won me on this one. I hope they won you guys. So back to you guys in the future or the past. Which one was it? I don't remember. But back to us. Bye. Wow. Thanks, John. That was emotional for everyone. You were just the most, like, passionate. What would the word be? You were the most like disconnected from your own self explaining something out of like any other person that you could have explained the reaction of the episode to, you know, like what's sort of mean? like when someone tells you like a cool story at a party and you're like, wow, like <laughs> oh, yeah. you did that to yourself just now. <laughs> I did. You're like, sorry. wow, John. Sorry. Uh, future John. It's okay. He's he now in the past you. because it's behind us and we're going to talk about time later. So oh my God, see you were touching on some existential crises that I'm having already. I know. Aren't we all? So there's only two movie news things that I thought were worthy enough to talk about. Yeah. First and foremost, Donald Glover. Yes. As Lando Calrissian in the new Star Wars. Um, I want to call it uh, Antiqueology, but that's the (laughs) pop. That's the The Star Wars anthology at our college. What is it? Anthology. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, any any Star Wars movie for anyone who doesn't know, any Star Wars movie outside of the saga itself, outside of the episode eight, nine, ten, is a spinoff, and it's under the series title like Star Wars Anthology. Yeah. So Rogue One will be this the Han Solo. Well, I think he's in the Han Solo one. Um, hmm. what I, what? <laughs> I did what? What? I said Rogue One is this, and then the Han yeah. Solo one, and then I yeah. said I think Lando is in the Han Solo one. Yeah, he is. He might even be in the Rogue One if we uh, are lucky. Might make mm, an appearance. That's true. He could be. Um, but I was so pumped, only because I think he's perfect for this role. Yeah. Not only look wise, but yeah. like he just has that like he's like the Lando groove, and yeah, he, does. he has this new show on I think it's FX. It's called Atlanta. I haven't watched it. But, I've um, heard it's great. Yeah, and I whenever I go to Planet Fitness, shout out to Planet Fitness. There's <laughs> always the <laughs> there's always the uh, the commercials for it, and it looks so like dramatic yet funny, and it mm. just seems like a whole different like element for Donald. It's Donald, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Donald Glover, because he was in. Com- I didn't want to call him like Danny, because Danny Glover is that other guy. <laughs> um, both great. Both wonderful. But, you know, he's he was in Community. He's really known for yeah. his comedic um, acting. And so to see that he's now in this dramatic, more dramatic show, I, I'm guessing helped him with this uh, new role. And so I'm excited to see him in it. Yeah, I there's a good chance that he, he could very much be a steen stealer in the I, Han Solo movie. Like the minute he comes on, everybody's going to be watching him because people know Donald Glover like always brings it whenever he's in a movie. And people have been wanting him for like a superhero esque movie because they wanted him for yeah. the new Spider Man. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if you remember that. I do but, remember um, that. Yeah, people were really. I was all for it. Uh, I thought he would have been I a great Spider Man, but I, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't young enough. No, he's ancient. Um, but I think, that, <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is perfect for him, and I'm. 
Well, it's almost too good, you know? Like, when I it saw really it, is. I was like, this is not real. Like, like it's I had to, to read be. the whole article because I was like, I need some sort of, like, confirmation. Like, no, this is real. Sources say this is real. I bet they're going to come out, like, later after the movie's released and say, like, they didn't, they only thought of uh, Donald Glover for this. I bet you, because that's all the, all of the fans were, he like, He was our first Donald choice, Glover. they're all going to say. Yeah. He was the first choice, and we got him. Of course you got him. You made a Star Wars movie, honey. You know, like... Honey? Huh? <laughs> what'd you expect? Oh, something else I actually didn't realize I wanted to talk about, but it's related to Star Wars, and Lord knows, anytime there's Star Wars news, we're going to talk about it on this podcast. Yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry. Um, slash Film record, er, reported that uh, they had an interview with Joss Whedon, and he said that he's now like super Girl, ready to I do saw a, that. Yeah, he's super ready and to I make was, a Star Wars movie. And I was like, the whole I, world is ready for you to make a Star Wars that's movie. That's exactly buddy. what I thought too. And I, I would, I, I don't, even, I, I don't have words. Because yeah, it would just be he so would amazing. It, yeah, he understands I, nerdum I in a happen. very it's yeah happen. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. He was like, his quote is something like, you know, I would really love to have that opportunity. I was like. Dude, you can walk into the Disney studio and they will give you a movie. Like, they're going to be like, yeah, here you go. So, like, I I'm feel like it's like, going to happen because he can just say I would like to do one. And I'm trying to imagine tone-wise, though, because a lot of his stuff tone-wise is much more lighthearted. Because even Avengers is fairly lighthearted. And I feel like what they're going for with these new Star Wars movies is more, I don't know, dark yet. I, I mean, saw, they're I, lighter as well, though. Yeah, but Rogue One looks... It ha- well, maybe like not Rogue One. I'm just going it. off of Force Awakens. Force Awakens is very light. Did they? Do they have a director for the Han Solo one? Yeah, it's uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys who did 21 and 22 Jump Street and Cloudy with a uh, Chance of Meatballs okay. and the Lego movie, which, I mean, these these are the guys. If, you, if you're going to do a Han Solo movie, I totally approve of that. We already talked about the Han Solo movie whenever uh, Aaron Reich was uh, casted. Eldon Aaron Reich, I think is his name, right? Something like that, Aldrich or... Yeah, and I, I was saying in that episode, like, I'm really not excited that it's Han Solo that they're making a movie about. And the the Donald Glover casting, I'm kind of like, ah, shit, you're giving me another reason to want to go see it, you know? Like, I hope I'd... it's like a buddy-buddy movie where they're, like, yeah. together and fighting crime. And it's just going to turn into, like, 23 Jump Street, but with uh, Lando and Han Solo. <laughs> like, Chang Tatum and Jonah Hill walk in and they're just blasting up stormtroopers and you're just like what is happening like why you're like no thank you and they're like why not you know no thank you they said they wanted to be in it and then we said okay so we put them in it i bet they'll be like stormtroopers like how daniel craig was a stormtrooper i mean if jonah hill is a stormtrooper i'm gonna notice that's all i'm saying (laughs) that is rude but funny and everyone was thinking it (laughs) we will all be like hey jonah hill jonah how you doing hey jonah yeah, um, but so, oh. but what's funny to me, coming back to the okay. Joss Whedon thing, <laughs> just one last thought on the Joss Whedon thing, is I was reading the quote, and uh, he was saying somewhere near the top of the quote, he was like, you know, when I realized they were doing new Star Wars movies, I was very uninterested. I was like, I don't want to make a movie for a system like that has to abide by these certain rules that, you know, like episode eight has to look like this so to get ready for episode nine. And and Isn't then he was all like- of Marvel? Yeah, exactly, uh, Marvel. <laughs> and then he was like, but then I, I'm seeing all this information for Rogue One, and I'm getting really excited about it. And I was like, I would actually do something like that. And I was like, of course. Of course you would. Like, I'm what? almost wondering, though, that since he said that, it's not going to happen. 
because I feel like if he was actually like in the talks to do one, he wouldn't have mentioned it. That's just a conspiracy theory because I love conspiracy theories. <laughs> that's a really low key conspiracy theory. Like it's it sure is. That's more just like a rumor you're trying to start. <laughs> um, it's a rumor that I heard from everyone at Planet Fitness. Okay, so <laughs> are you friends with the people at Planet Fitness? No, I'm not. I talk to no one. <laughs> That'd be really funny, though, if you're, like, good friends with, like, you know, Steve and Greg and Nancy right. and you guys, like, worked Ursula. out every morning. Ursula's always on the elliptical. So the other piece was Deadpool lost its director. Oh, it did? Yeah. Tim oh, Miller. He said, bye. And really? he was the one that did the first Deadpool. And it was over creative differences, which they didn't go into yet. Well, But dang. this seems to be happening a ton with these big budget superhero movies that like directors leave due to creative differences. And I'm actually surprised at this one. Cause I'm sure he mm-hmm. played like a huge role in developing this first Deadpool. So I'm wondering who it is that he's having creative differences with, whether it's the studio now that they probably have a be. lot more money. It's gotta be gotta be. It does. But yeah. I was very surprised. I'm yeah. kind of sad too. Cause it feels, it feels like Ant-Man all over again. <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, with these superhero movies, it's just, it's so, like, the studio knows exactly what they need, and they're ready to cut anybody who's not ready to play by those rules, you know? It's like, rude. no one will stand in our way of making what we want to make, so if you don't like that, then get out of the way, you know? Like, look at Terrence Howard in Iron Man. It's like, um, no, yeah. we're going to play by our rules. We don't care. We'll recast you. Hello, Don Cheadle. Hello. Hello. Yeah, but it is surprising that it's Deadpool because the studio was uninterested in Deadpool and mm-hmm. he he kind of he kind of walked himself out of the job because he made it so good that the studio was like, "Hell yeah." And then they were like, "No, nah, we don't need you. We don't like what you want to do. We got our own ideas for this." You know. Right. Okay, we have to bring up the best thing that happened this week and no offense to Joshua Tree, but Oh my god. The, the Cubs. That was really mean of are you. Are in the World Series for the first time since I think it was 1945. It was in the 40s. Yeah. And it was literally crazy because I live near Chicago. Well, not near Chicago. I live in the suburbs. Um, yeah. But there was even fireworks on my street when they won. Yeah. I can't even imagine the energy. No. And it w- it was literally the, crazy. This this is crazy. And I'm not, I don't even follow baseball. Like, this is so crazy. And I'm a I'm, huge bandwagon fan of the Cubs. Like, I, I love the Cubs, I mean, but I will only watch them, like... from Illinois, so it makes perfect sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I'm not a sports guy, but I would definitely watch them at this point in the... John. Uh, I know, I know. You are a I sports know. guy. We already confirmed that on this podcast. We did not confirm that. Listeners, please back me up. <laughs> we confirmed that John was a sports guy in our Olympics episode when you talked about all of the different sports that you enjoy watching. Yeah, no, in the Olympics. it was the it was the Indy 500. That's what it was. You're like, I love the Indy yeah, 500. I, do love, I, do I like going to Indy baseball 500. games. The Olympics are so much fun to watch. It's like <laughs> you are a sports guy, Mr. John. Yeah. So anyways, this is a very exciting time. It is. For this area of the world. Because it's been 108 years. Yeah. Since they have won. And it's going to be so disappointing if they lose now. Like I can I can already like see it being yeah, but, such a disappointment even though i don't yeah. think they're gonna lose really you don't think so no i think that fire yeah i mean they're um, doing great they were just playing here and they were they were wrecking them you know they were yeah. doing really good they were wreck it ralphing them but they are <laughs> we are so superstitious here 
and by we I don't mean me, but I mean Chicago is, because of the goat, yep. because of this stupid black cat that one time. Let ran me tell you, I just learned Steve about the goat this weekend. Bartlett or whatever his name is, Bartman. Yeah. He he effed things up in two thousand three. We all remember Steve. We don't forget. <laughs> I'm over here like, yeah, I don't know what my, you're talking about. My mom's friend is uh, staying with us right now, and she's a, literally a diehard Cubs fan. Oh, and man. she has, has so many ritual, like I guess not rituals, but superstitions, like yeah, she's about like, like clothing. She like mm-hmm. hung up posters, mm-hmm. like it's don't wash it's your crazy. socks for the season. Yeah, yes, it's a it's a thing, and if they don't win, well, we, the the thing is, is that for this to be an amazing story, it has to be like it's gonna suck if it doesn't work out. You know, like it has to be this intense. I know it. I know it really does, and yeah, I, I just don't know. It's really cool, though. I mean, it's really cool. It's, from an such a, it's an exciting time. From an outsider's perspective, I'm going to be really bummed if they don't win, but not to the degree of someone like you. But but even me, like, I'll, I'll be disappointed, but I will not lose sleep over it. Cause good. I don't care. <laughs> it gives me a little bit of comfort. Did you know that like be... the the team? I don't. I don't think it's the manager, but whoever. I don't know who it is, but it's. The, the one of the higher up positions for like the management of the the team is the guy who broke the curse for the Red Sox. If oh I, really? If I remember right, yeah. He's the curse breaker. So yeah, he's literally the curse breaker because the Cubs are like on fire right now, and this guy is like They're a new fire. addition to the team. I hope I'm not saying like wrong things because someone's <laughs> gonna be like wrong, wrong. <laughs> wrong. You're the puppet. Right. You're the puppet. You're the puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a puppet. Okay. Me and Mathis were just going over the last debate before we recorded, and yeah, if you guys have been watching remarks, the uh, last debate, that's that's what that's from. And also, neither me and Mathis finished the debate because we couldn't. No, yeah. So we very, feel you. We feel you well. Circular, not circular. Only a few cyclic? more weeks. Cyclic, cyclic, cyclical, cyclical. Yeah, just yeah. kept going round and round and round and round and round. Like you're thing. the puppet. You're the puppet. Wrong. No, you're the puppet. You're okay, the puppet. let's move on. For the Cubs. Go Cubs Just, go! Yeah, so, last last shot. I don't even know if it'll when be is the World done. Series? Well, it starts on Tuesday, oh, so when man. this airs, well, the first episode or the first episode, the first game will be that night. So, this is this is crazy. So it probably won't be done by the time we record for next week. Okay. So, guess we'll know. Well, it'll depend, right? Because I mean, it, it very well might be done. They got to win three games, right? They have to win four. It's out, best out of seven. Oh, seven. So it's out of seven. Okay. So I guess it could be done by the time we record. But it could be done, yeah. Or it, it could, could be, be freaking hair raising, and yeah. both the teams, you know, it could be like a four three. Well, not a four three because that would be the end of the game, but like a three three. A three three. That would yeah. be crazy. Oh my gosh! And tickets are so expensive. I was oh, hearing because yeah. my mom's friend was uh, buying some today, and she was saying like standing room at, at Wrigley Field. For I think it's like game three or whatever is like three thousand dollars. That's well, standing room. Wrigley Field is one of the most expensive um, stadiums to buy tickets in as well. Okay, but three thousand. Yeah, it's really funny because you could have seen the Cubs like here this past like four days ago for less than a hundred dollars, like for pretty good seats. You can get that at Wrigley so too, and they actually just played LA. Yeah, Sorry exactly. They beat you, but yeah. did you? I'm guessing. I I didn't watch all the games, but the games that I did see, Larry King was in the background every I game. I heard about this. I heard about this. It was this. so funny. I was just like, <laughs> is that Larry? Good old Larry. Yeah, I'm sure he was not happy about uh, the Cubs winning. Probably not, but who cares? 
Who cares? Because John's happy. <laughs> yeah. John's the only one that matters in this conversation. Exactly. Moving on, we are going to talk about this week's, or it's a bye week, I guess, is where we're at right now with the movie watching. But our bye week movie was She's the Man. And just like we've done with the last few movies that we've done at this part of the podcast, we're going to just get a little bit uh, more detail-oriented with how we felt about it because it is um, listener-based for the movies that we watch. Yes, so, they are recommended. Just, they are recommended movies that we just dive into. So um, this movie, first of all, it was ahead. like a cult classic at our college. I don't know if it was when you were there. I didn't know if it was. Oh, my goodness. My It must have been the, my freshman and sophomore year. People watched it all the time. Really? And that's when I saw it the most because people would always okay. put it on. And they would watch it, and they would quote it, and it was, and it's it, it is super quotable, and it is. And I'd never seen it until we watched it for the podcast. Uh, and I, you you can tell sometimes when you're seeing a movie for the first time that it's going to be incredibly quotable. Yeah, like there's some sort of hand in the writing where they're like, okay, just keep perfecting these lines until they're the most quotable lines ever, right. which usually means they're a little bit off reality, you know. Yes. They're sort of a little random because that makes them memorable. Right. But yeah, as a as a first time viewer, I thought it was great. I it's was hysterical. laughing. Yes. I was about to use that exact word, John. Oh. I was my laughing gosh. hysterically. I thought and I was gonna say this is Amanda Bynes like in her prime. This is the peak. I yeah. even like wrote this on my I have like a notes thing when I watch movies. Oh good. Um and I underlined prime 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 because then <laughs> you, she went crazy 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 do you bring your little notepad into movies now you like write notes no i only your, like when i'm watching okay. it like for this and when okay. i watch westworld and doctor who of course westworld yeah yeah so you know only special things but only special things yeah but yeah this is like amanda Bynes in her prime and this movie starts off so angsty like that yeah. like opening credits and they're like on the beach and they're like it's just definitely aged <laughs> it is 2004 yes. in this movie it's and you can tell. That's what I said. 2006. <laughs> but it's just like the song choice. <laughs> yeah. And just the the fooling around on the beach, playing soccer. The freeze kissing. frames, the yeah, crazy color so filters. Angsty. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be good. <laughs> it's going to like hit nostalgia. Uh, um, and this is like uh, Channing Tatum before he was Channing Tatum. a success. Exactly. Yeah. And he actually did really good in it. Yeah. I mean, like. He's he's pretty good. I've, it's kind of like a... There's nothing wrong with him, but I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah. yeah he's you, there. You're there. Yeah, you're doing your job. He uh, does as good as everyone else, I would say. Besides Amanda Bynes, because she is... You know who also had me rolling every time they were on screen? Is her friend who was the stylist at the salon? Yes. He is so funny. He's I so funny. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, If but, I had my notepad, I would, I would tell you. Well, what the hell are you doing making a podcast without your notepad next to you? I made a mistake, okay. Do you see this over here? I got my notepad. Got my notepad every time. You don't have one there. Um, yes, I do. Right there. Yeah? Well, I'm saying there's not one, and uh, this is an audio podcast. So. Oh, my God. You are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst. I know. I know. But, yeah, specifically one of my favorite moments is whenever he was, like, uh, whispering the lines of the, mm-hmm. the scene that he had created to make Amanda Bynes look like the coolest dude. Uh, Here, why around. don't I give a little run, rundown? Yeah, you can give a little premise. First. You can give a little okay. premise. Amanda Bynes <clears throat> is a dude. So, w- 
it's transgender. No. Um, so pretty much this is, this is what it is. So Amanda Bynes goes to like this private, really rich school and they just cut the girls soccer team. And what she does is her brother who they're twins, her brother right. got kicked out of their school and he's going to go to this other school. Who's their rival, their soccer rivals. Ooh. And so while her brother is in London doing band stuff, she's going to dress up as her brother to play on the soccer team to prove to the boys that she's just as good as them. And that's pretty much what it is. Right. And she's a dweeb pretty much when she comes. Like all the guys think she's so weird. She's so um, weird. It's so good. Because she is weird. <laughs> yeah, she is very weird. You're like, yep, that's not fooling anybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's um if anyone's a Shakespeare enthusiast, it is Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare, adapted into like a modern teenage romantic comedy is that what it actually is supposed to be um that's that's what it's based on oh it's yeah it's based on his play the 12th night which i think is why the writing is so phenomenal and why the dynamics in the movie are just so fun to watch because i mean it's a it's a genius screenplay because the writers went oh wow we can adapt that into a modern film easily and then they they write it up and it just works so well you like change a few details like okay now they're on a soccer team and they're in high school and boom you know it's you don't have to change a lot to make that movie really work and there's so many scenes that are that when you know that it's 12th night you're like gosh that is a lot like a play like you're watching a play but there's so many scenes where there's like characters all around and they're like having this conversation and there is just this the web of like relationships in this movie is just so juicy to watch and so juicy so juicy i i found it very feel goody i could see how people would watch it over and over and over and over again which many of my friends do i have discovered over time yeah um so when i first started watching it i since whenever i have my notepad i get very like critical thinking not like critical against it but like i'm thinking critically about the movie Uh uh-huh and this movie really goes into like gender roles because you know it's about you know a girl not being able to play on the boys team and then she becomes a boy and she tries to act out all of these kind of gender norms to be like this normal guy you know who plays sports and there's this one scene at the beginning when uh, Amanda Bynes is a boy and she's with like Channing Tatum and the other friends and or no there's one where she's with I remember now I'm gonna start over so there's this scene at the beginning when she's with her brother and her brother's about to leave and um, they're talking about his ex-girlfriend and she's like, why are you dating her? And the brother's like, she's hot. It's a guy thing. And immediately I was like, uh, now not all guys are like that. And I like got immediately like defensive. Um, and there were multiple times throughout the beginning of the movie where I find, I found myself getting defensive just because I don't hold a lot of these like male gender norms and they really were making guys seem, you know, very macho, very sports driven, very, you know, googly eyed over all these girls and like we're only run by like sex and all these things. And then as the movie progresses, you know, it starts to kind of break those down as Amanda Bynes character gets to know Channing Tatum's character and, you know, he becomes this more sensitive guy. And um, so I was hoping that it would get that way because I found that there would have been a contradiction as they are breaking down these female gender roles and then building up all these male gender roles. But then at the end it's like breaks all of them down and it's feel good. 
hopefully that was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I see okay. what you're saying. Yeah, in the beginning, I started noticing, like, it has to be written this way, but there are so many conversations about gender roles. And I was yeah. like, okay, they are really just, like, they are putting the arrow in the bow. Like, they're going to just launch all of this into, like, it was a, a really cheesy too. fun plot. Yeah, I mean, the beginning has a bit of a has a bit of a cheesy start, but I think it has yeah. to. It does, just, you're right. Yeah, you're totally right. I was noticing it on both ends. But I think it's, that's that's another one of the, the geniuses, you know, Shakespeare's way ahead of his time because he's... He's he's making fun on both sides of the the aisle here for both Definitely. genders and yeah yeah it's very because true because then Amanda go. Bynes character when she's supposed to be a girl she's supposed to be like training for this debutante ball or whatever at the end that's and right yeah. there's a lot of like um, you know standard girl gender norms as well that she's breaking down and there's just a lot of like funny scenes revolving her like not fitting into this debutante society of women yeah. which. Did you do you know who her mom is in the movie? No, I don't. Be yourself. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my god, she's so funny. Oh my gosh. So this this she's actress, I think me. I've said that song before. So like Just Friends is one of those movies that's like very quotable. I should have this should have been on my good bad movies. Yeah. Because it's up there with Scary Movie 3 with me where I could just watch it and it's oh so god. quotable. And um, this, the mom in Just Friends is the mom and she's the man. And she is just so ditzy in uh, Just Friends. And she has just this song where she's singing to Ryan Reynolds and I sing it to Mathis <laughs> all the time. <laughs> he um, does. And so she looks exactly the same in this movie. So right when I saw her, I was just like replaying all those right. funny things. You were like, mind. welcome. We're so ready to see what you've got. I was. I was ready. I wish I'd watched the movie with you and that moment where you were like, yes. oh, my God, be yes, her. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's who? And then you start singing the song and I'm like, yeah. ah, I see what you're saying. There she is. Yeah, there she is. But it's actually, it's a really fun movie. And I think r- anyone that watches it will have a fun time watching it in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I think so. I just, and poor Amanda Bynes. I hope she has a comeback. Yeah. We just got I mean, a like, shout out to her. I think she, she's doing well. <laughs> Last time I heard she was doing fine. But, like, that, that's, like, a huge... Yeah. She's, like, the icon for, like, child star losing their shit. Like, she, it's almost like yeah. Britney Spears when she, like, had her complete meltdown. Like, mm. Amanda Bynes, like, it's so sad to see what becomes of child stars. And with her, like, I'm not sure if it was, like, mental illness or if it was drugs or maybe a combination of both. But you know that just their role in... Um, child and like child stardom really hindered yeah. their ability to grow into a full functioning adult exactly and so it's just it's so sad and i really hope that she does have a comeback because Lindsay lohan has tried and she has failed in my opinion like trying like she she's done some things but she hasn't been able to really bridge that gap of i think you know, it's her just meltdown her, her mind's into, not all there i think that's what makes you like i don't that. know I don't know, but I hope we see her because she is so funny, and I think she would be. She's so funny, yeah. I think, yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, that comedy doesn't really ever leave someone if it's that natural, and so I'm hoping, you know, she just kind of. Would you come, Would you say that, though? I would, if it comes that naturally to someone that young, because she did it, you know, on All That and on the Amanda Bynes show or whatever Amanda, it's called, please. the Amanda show. Yeah, like that's a natural ability, and that thing just doesn't leave right. you. Um, I, you, I feel it's like, probably a muscle. Like I'm sure she's lost that yeah. muscle a bit, but I think if she trained it up a bit, 
she'd come back but and it's be such a, it's such a mind muscle so if like let's say you've been on cocaine for the last 10 years like you could definitely destroy like maybe a comedic a presence that you can carry around i still hope she comes back i mean i do too i just don't know if like if if you're naturally funny if uh if that's always going to be around no matter what you do well i know from just observing <laughs> this is going into like a whole different thing but <laughs> my grandma was in like a dementia home and you can yeah. just tell there's, you know, certain older people that just have an amazing sense of humor. Even mm. when they've lost their minds, um, you know, they have this kind of wit to them and granted, like uh-huh. it, you don't know if the ones that are silent had that sense of humor and then they've lost it. But the ones that kept it, even in their, like the, the deterioration of their mind, they still have this wit um, about them. So I don't know. I'm That's sure it depends saying. on the individual. Yeah. Amanda, please. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about at the end of this episode that we, we talked about a little bit earlier uh, was, I guess the one word that you could put over all of it is time. So over the the past few weeks, I didn't even realize I was thinking about this a lot. And it just sort of like crept up on me and like the silent moments of like the first or second camping day, like probably the first day uh, from this weekend but I realize that I've been thinking about time a lot in the sense of my whole life revolves around deadlines and appointments and schedules and a clock, like a number, like I'm constantly watching a number and my life is operating based on that. And what actually really, what really uh, woke it up, well, the first thing on a more logistical level was, as I was talking about in the beginning of this episode, trying to like get away for a weekend and keep a whole weekend clear to do something like camping is very hard. Like I had to do a lot of different things to keep that time free. I had to postpone a lot of things. I had to get a lot of things done early. Uh, And in the process of doing that, I realized like how locked into my schedule I am. And it's very annoying. You know, it's very frustrating to be locked into a schedule. I think it's also something to do with being an early 20 something year old, you know, an early adult. That's probably something that uh, it gets generated in that, but I'll come back to that because I think it is very related to age, the way that you think about time. But we were on the way to the campsite and I was DJing and I played one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs, which is Don't Stop. And the the chorus of Don't Stop is Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. Don't Stop. It'll soon be here. It'll be here. Better than before. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. And the first half I'm like no and then the second half I'm like I'm on board yeah I mean no. it's it's one of those songs that is so catchy and so nostalgic for me and I love it so much and I don't even like agree with it fully but it just has this like weird mm-hmm. um, back and forth feeling to it where like I know what they're saying and I don't know how I feel about it and I sing along with it and I'm like I don't even know how if I believe this, I don't know. So it just has, it, it's like another layer of complexity that makes me like the song so much because like some days I believe it and some days I don't believe it, which that that concept got me thinking a lot about how some days time feels a certain way and some days time feels another way. Like for example, some days it feels like the only thing that's real is the past because it's the only thing that has certainly happened. You know, like it is the only thing that you know has happened. And then... At other points, it feels like the the most fake of things, like because it's the one thing that isn't now. It's it's just memories. Like it's none of it actually exists. It's already stuff that's passed through. And 
you know, something that I was even hearing on a TED talk that I listened to was that the only thing that exists is the past and the future because the present is never actually here. You're either living, we're either talking about a moment that is just past or we're talking about a moment that is just to come on a very minute basis. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I, I, I do understand what you're saying. I don't agree with the fact that the past and the future are the only things that exist. On a, well, I think that the, the present exists in a very figurative language because it's very hard to say. See, like, I would say it's the opposite. I would say the past and the future exist in figurative of, language. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's sort of just like. I do. I understand the concept. Like if I say now, you're thinking about the past. If the word now has happened in the past. You know what I mean? Maybe we can say that like thoughts exist either in the future or the past. I, I'm okay with that. Thoughts exist either in the future or the past. Because if you're true. thinking, that's true. Because I've already thought it, or well, you're not a. Because like if I, like I'm like that's really, really like an advocate for like trying to just like be in the moment. I think you are too. I, am, I think that's yeah. kind of what we're talking about is the idea of just kind of letting go of everything in the past and everything you have to do in the future and just being where you are. And I feel yeah. like when we say that the past and the future are the only things that exist, I feel like we're diminishing that. And I don't know how I feel about that. Well, that's why I say, like, the way that I think about it changes a lot. Because I yeah. know where that argument that's very comes true. from. And then I go, huh. So it's almost like the present doesn't exist. And then I'm like, huh, but the only thing that really matters is the present. But the only thing that actually exists now, you know, like next week, I'm like, well, now the only mm -hmm. thing that really exists in my head is the past. Well, so, and what's interesting is, you know, we do live in the present, but then there's so many times where we are like mentally in our thoughts, we're living in the past or the future. Exactly. So it's almost like in the present, we're living in the past or the future, even exactly. though physically we are in the present, but mentally we're in just a different realm of whatever time is. And that was something else that I wanted to talk about. Like, It's all it's, super trippy. It is. Know? It's super trippy. It's one the, of those the things. The time is a conundrum because you can't actually explain it. It's one of the right. things in... Like I, we've talked about a few things on this podcast. Can I read something? Because I I was oh, looking yeah, time it. up, and uh -huh. it, I do not suggest googling time, just because there's so just many. Give you time like, magazine or no? It's just father. You're time? just you're not gonna yeah, get father time. You just get a lot of images of father time. <laughs> um, that guy. It's just there's just a lot of different opinions on it. That's and the, so that's you're just gonna thing. get yeah. a lot of like mumble jumble. But this is one that I read that I actually found to be the most logical in my opinion. So um, the guy who I think wrote this article said he recently went to National Institute of Standards and Technology and mm. he said something like, and this is his quote, um, your clocks measure time very accurately. They told me our clocks do not measure time. I thought, wow, that's very humble of these guys. But they said, no, time is defined to be what our clocks measure, which is true. They define the time standards for the globe. Time is defined by the number of clicks of their clocks. Hang on. And then it goes on to say that these people explain to him, we never really see time. We only see clocks. If you say this object moves, what you really mean is that this object is here when the hand of your clock is here and so on. We say we measure time with clocks, but we see only the hands of the clocks, not time itself and the hands of the clock are a physical variable like any other. So in a sense, we exactly. cheat because we, what we really observe are physical variables as a function of other physical variables, but what we represent that, but, what, but we 
represent that as if everything is evolving in time. Whew. You know, I think I got about 70% of that. Yeah, it's, but it's one that you have to like reread over, exactly. but pretty much what it's saying is that we can't really see time. Like we talk about time, no, but yeah. what we're actually talking about is that physical variable of what we think time is. We see results of time. Exactly. Or the measurements of And I think that's so interesting. And that yeah. immediately made me think of interstellar because really what time is in regards to us living on right. earth is all based around the fact that we are moving around the sun and we have gravity and really right. if we are outside of this universe and outside of our gravity time would really not cease to exist but it would be very different like an interstellar when exactly. they're in a different universe with different gravity poles and different um i don't know solar cycles or whatever time exists yeah. at a slower rate um and so really it's like time <sighs> It's just, it's so... It's trippy as hell, like you were saying. <laughs> it's, it's trippy as hell. But it's like, it's almost like time itself is not man-made, but it's like mind-made. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm figuring this out by myself. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, I see where, I see what you're getting at. Because it's... Time Time exists on two levels. It, exe- it exists specific for our our earth and it can exist in another earth or you know not not earth but another planet in another planet in a different universe in another solar system but it also exists as there is one source of time but it but exists on two levels because it is like it's one of those things where everybody like the entire universe exists exists in a timeline but also the entire universe is operating on different timelines at the same time which means that all of those timelines are in some sort of exist on on a big timeline. And that's really that's really hard to understand. And I think that just stopping to think about it is very helpful because like I was saying at the beginning of this, I get caught up in the in in the hour hand and in the minute hand and I'm I'm a little bit addicted to my clock and I don't I don't know that it's all my fault not to put the fault on other people but it's like the world does operate by a clock. So let I'm, me run something by you. Yeah, go for it. I wonder and I'm asking you this because this is how I think I see it. What if like we don't necessarily revolve around the clock but what we really thrive on is that element of routine and we kind of um we base our life around the routine that we have, which I guess does involve time but we enjoy this like strict measure of what will come next. Yeah. And so with that comes obviously the element of time and setting up a schedule. Does that hit you anywhere? A little bit. That hits me a little bit because I, one of the other things about this, like speaking about routine is that I know what my week looks like in my head, in my, in my week in my head does not have a, does not have the space to try to exist outside of the clock, outside of the measurement of what time looks like to me, you know? So it's not like, it's it's like the, the routine can get in the way if I'm not being fully cognizant of like what everything is. Like the fact that everything is bigger than than the idea of a schedule. This kind of takes us into like a different realm, but like, I know for me personally, like 
I sometimes when I think too much about present time and like mm-hmm. the ticking of the seconds, I find it like completely devastating. Yeah. Um, only I wanted because, to talk like, about this. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I, like when I finish running, I stretch on our fireplace cause it's brick and then there's a clock up there and it just ticks. And like several times I've just been like stretching, looking at the clock and just being like, Oh my God, like seconds of my life are just ticking away. Yeah. And like, I can't stop it. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's so scary. Um, and so like, there's kind of like this downfall, this downside to the idea of being present because when you are present, you are very aware that, yeah. um, time is ticking forward and you can't stop it. Yes. And I know for me, like at my, where I am in my life, you know, I'm 26 and sometimes I look back like at these past four years since I graduated college and being like, yeah. all this time has ticked by. And not necessarily what do I have to show for it, but like, uh, yeah, I know it what you mean, went though. by and like in a second. And that's so scary that yeah. like time itself is not all like great. Like, I guess I should say like being present isn't always as great as it seems, because if you focus too much on that, you will crumble. Well, here's here's something else that came into my mind this weekend that I want to talk about a little bit later, like further down the line in other episodes. But I, I love the idea that I love the idea of pain and a lo- in a lot of ways I love that I feel pain because it makes things so sweet. It makes things so beautiful and so much better than anything could ever be without pain in the world. You Girl, absolutely you. need it. Yeah. Yep. And I know you're with me, like totally with me. And I think that when you are present and you're reminded that you are losing time, it creates a a deep sadness for a moment or an anxiety and and this is another thing that I really wanted to talk about this on the podcast because it's when when that moment hits you, you you're faced with the, the idea that your routine is very temporary because you are not here for very long and you need to be very OK with the fact that you are spending your time the way that you're spending it. Exactly. So if you are not if you are not put in that moment of sadness where you go, oh, my God, then you will never you need check that yourself in the way moment. you need. Yeah. Yep. Because your time is, you know, we abuse our time a lot, a lot, a lot. I know. And we need to be reminded, and I don't mean to, like, bring people down when I say this, but you need to be reminded that your time is slipping out of your hands. Yep. And it needs to slip out of your hands. Like, it needs it to because you're not going to feel the beauty of the world if you don't. But what it should encourage you is to really figure out what you want and to work towards exactly. it. Because yes, time is always taking away, but in that time you can build something very, very sweet and very, exactly. um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, um, not inspiring. I'll get it eventually. Very, um, very, I lost it. It's not there. I was going to say, like, I don't even know if I could help you think of that word because this is all you right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But, um, it, it's, it's, it's important to be in those moments because, I I find peace after that moment and it's I, I just sweat. <laughs> well, no no not in that moment. You know like you're you know like you said you're stretching and you 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 watch the second hand and you realize like wow, the time is just it's like a an hourglass of sand and it's just spreading out. It's just mm-hmm. pouring out of the bottom. But after you get beyond that moment, 
you you can realize one or two different things. You can realize that my time is very precious and I need to do what I can with my time, which is what you were saying. But I think you also realize that time is not everything. You know, like there's so much more than time. Like we only we only exist in this small time frame. But the the time is it's not everything. And and that's why I started thinking a lot about like detaching from it because I don't want to exist in this way where it's just it's just Mathis in this body sitting in this room talking on a microphone like I it's just I get caught up in that thought way too much and the fact that it can be over so soon I just know that it's not just this you know like I mean and maybe that changes from time to time too but this this feeling that I'm not what I see from day to day is not everything that there is you know and and sometimes your routine can cut you out of that, you know, can cut you out of that, that awareness with things. And you need to, you need to have that awareness with things. And that's why it's important mm-hmm. to detach from time. Yeah. I remember when I was an RA at our school and our, our D said something, he said, um, you know, every day we have 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time it was very comforting for me to hear that. Um, now Sometimes I don't think that's very helpful. Yeah, it does not come for me at all. <laughs> see, but I'm, I'm. Hopefully, I can explain it. But like, yeah, what you can do in 24, like, you have these 24 hours, and I think what he was trying to say is that you know, a you can only do so much in a 24-hour period, so don't stress about that. But every day it is renewed, and you always yeah. have another day to do something, and that kind of involves planning like what we're talking about, you do kind of have to plan your time a bit, but you can get so much done um, within a 24 hour period that it should be reassuring that every day we have these 24 hours, you know, what are you going to do with it? Well, that's one of those other, that's one of these other ideas where it kind of splits down the middle for me because I'm like, yes, there is a new day coming. Like tomorrow will be kinder. There's another, there's another moon. There's another sun. It's all going to happen again. And then I get to that realization where I'm like, yeah, but one day it's not going to happen again. Oh, you know, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to freak you out, you know, but it's, you won't freak me out. Trust me. (laughs) You're like, I do plenty of that on my own. (laughs) I don't think you will do it, but it's, it's that split. It's that split face of time again, where, where I need to, I need to let it go in the sense of, okay, there will be another day. Like, so let that go. But then I also need to let go of the idea that there won't be another day in a sense. So that's why I kind of think it's important. That's another reason why I think it's important to get outside of time. It's because, I mean, on on either end, you could be like, I don't know if this is making sense, but you can, you can be thinking, okay, well, there's going to be more time coming. Or you could be thinking like, oh, this is the one day there will be no more days so you have to get sort of beyond the concept of time sometimes and just get yourself onto like an emotional and a spiritual level and not like yeah not like leave the world for a year or anything like that i'm just saying taking moments to detach yourself from the idea that time from both the idea that time is going to end and from the idea that there will always be more time right like to get beyond both of those ideas and something i was thinking about coming back to the age thing and you've brought up the age thing a few times is you know talking to uh, some peers about this who are older than me they were like it's very common for people your age and my age to be very 
into this this conversation to be very into this moment because we're so future oriented like we're massive planners we have bigger dreams now than we'll have in 10 years you know like it's it's all very very future oriented plus to, not to mention we we're very early into life you know so it's not like there's there's so much to be looking back on i think that's also an element that plays into it you know two things that i that this makes me think of all the time are are um, black slaves in earlier America, like their spirituals were very much designed to focus on heaven because there was nothing in the moment to be excited about. And it was like, one day the world will be a better place because we won't be in this world. And there's that like incre that incredible sense of future orientation within those communities. And that always pops into my head whenever I think about um, planning really far into the future or thinking about heaven or thinking really far into the future. And then the other thing that th comes into my head is all of those um, families from the baby boomers movement, uh, like uh, post-World War II, all these people who, who were just coming out of this catastrophic moment in their life and they just wanted to, to store up their wealth and they wanted to like plan as many seeds as possible, like work as hard as they possibly could to to provide for their family and just and work and work and work and work and work and and it was all not for not for that moment but for what they could do with America in the future what all of these families could do to help rebuild their country and I, I think about these these two things and I think they had to be future oriented like I totally understand that they had to be future oriented we're, we're in a very different time now I think that we're very privileged to not have to be future oriented like we don't have to be thinking about how well one day our lives will be better like we live pretty fantastic lives if you look at the course of you know human history and we have we have the privilege to be more present minded like we don't have to focus on what it will be like when we die because we're all slaves you know what i mean like so there's this i don't know i was thinking about that a lot too i was like we have the privilege to not have to think this way and not everybody was able to think this way. And I think that we need to we need to look at it as a privilege sometimes. Like, wow, I don't have to think about the future. Not all of the time. Say that to an anxious person. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is, when it comes to living as a fully uh, flourishing life, is that you have to like live your life very intentionally. You have to... You have to be very conscious about the choices that you're making and and think about them and make them. And that means living by a clock. That's where the that's where the contradiction comes in a little bit because you have to live by a clock a lot of times if you want to live your life intentionally. If you want to attend church, if you want to go to a meeting, if you want to take a call from a close friend, if you want to go on a date, like everything revolves around a clock. But I'm not saying that people need to not schedule their lives. I think that you need to take time to do multitudes of things like intentionality can't only be on the clock to in order and the clock is just a device it's just a measurement in order to get you to have uh that intentional life like it's 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 a powerful tool for that but you also need to be intentional in the idea of detaching from time because the same way that you know, being intentional in order to spend time with friends could build intimacy. The idea of detaching from time can also help build intimacy in your life, in a sense. 
And I think that that comes in because you find peace in, in getting outside of time, in realizing that you're more than just a body. You're more than just this person. Listening to, to, to Gunger's newest album, this is the idea that came that came out throughout a lot of it through the through the one wildlife body album it talks a lot about being outside of yourself and realizing the intimacy with the world and with people and with god and that doesn't exist just in like this physical platform that exists on like another level of of your existence and detaching creates intimacy in that way I guess the the main idea from that would be an intentionality can not only be in one place, you know. Right. I just really like this topic a lot and it's been on my mind and on my heart. Uh it thank is a good you. Topic, though. It is. It's a great topic. Thank you everyone who listened to this episode. We had a great time discussing a multitude of different things. Uh root for the Cubs even if you don't uh root for yeah, the Cubs money. regularly. Email us, tweet at us. Be a part of the conversation. Uh, introduce new topics that you want brought up on the podcast. You can do that at hello and to do at gmail.com. That's our email address, H E L L O A N D A D I E U at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle is hello and to do. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. It will make our podcast look super groovetastic to use John's words mm-hmm. whenever people stumble across it on iTunes. Until next week. Until next week, adieu. Adieu. To you.